The town, Boston. The team, the Celtics. The event, the NBA Finals. And their biggest fans are Jimmy and Mike. Uh, are you saying my toilet still isn't fixed? Oh, you gotta go. Dedicated. It's like you say, the most important thing is that they have fun. No. And faithful. This is for my grandmother. This is for the state of Massachusetts, for Celtics, for Boston. Ah, uh -uh, man. They have everything it takes yeah! to win the playoffs. No! Unfortunately. He's gonna shoot it every time! The Utah Jazz. I want him dead! Lewis Scott. If he gets hot, we are in trouble. I'm on fire. Now. He's thrown it in our face. Their mission is clear. Well, we went over there and, like, you know, got him messed up, like, you know, completely wrecked, so he was too hungover to play well on Sunday. And for Lewis Scott. Ah! Lewis Scott's in the bed. We kidnapped him. The real game ah! is about to begin. Don't make me hurt you now. Ow! Damon Wayans. May I use the bathroom? I'm not falling for that trick. Trick? What do you think, I wore a pamper here? Daniel Stern. You're still my hero. Thanks, Tommy. Not you, Dad. I met Lewis. And Dan Aykroyd. I've done something terribly wrong. And I might have to go to jail and become some bad man's boyfriend. That's nice, Peanut. Celtic Pride. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast, the first podcast of 2022. New podcast, new movie, and a new guest. A guest that's never been on the Dan Aykroyd Podcast before. Please introduce yourself. Uh, hello, I am Emmy Service. Uh, I'm in Boston, and I'm excited and nervous to be doing this podcast. Wait, you're in Boston? I didn't know that. Stop it. <laughs> so, well, the fact that I didn't know you're in Boston, it's a serendipity then, that we're doing the 1996 sports comedy movie. Where and That's, that's um, generous. Out of one of those three, one of those is very, very weak. Celtic Pride. <laughs> what are the odds that the Bostonian um, would be doing this movie? Starring Daniel Stern, Damon Waynes, and of course Dan Aykroyd. Written by Judd Apatow. I looked it up halfway through. No, not even halfway through. I looked it up because I was like, who wrote this? And I was stunned that it was Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow and Colin Quinn. Judd Apatow had the screenplay and then Judd Apatow and uh, Colin Quinn wrote the story or vice versa. But but both of those were involved in writing this movie. Neither of us has seen this movie. This was our first viewing. I have never seen this before. And you said you told me that you have never seen this before. I have not. I knew it existed, but I never saw it. I knew it existed. And I remember... There was some sort of controversy. The The movie poster is Damon Wayans with his hands taped. And Dan Aykroyd and Daniel Stern are standing behind them with big, you know, number one foam Celtic hands. Yeah, okay, that sounds familiar. And the original poster had tape over his mouth. But that got a lot of backlash. It, I don't know, I, I can't quite remember, but it, it got a lot of backlash, so... The posters going forward just had his hands taped, but his mouth wasn't taped. 
And I don't remember. There was some sort of weird controversy about that, which I can't really remember right now. I remember none of that. I also don't know why it makes that much of a difference between having his mouth taped or just his hands. But now I I was a bit worried about this movie. Not worried, but oh, I was. Whenever worried. you, well, I was worried, but for a different reason. <laughs> whenever you see uh, somebody in the credits like and so and so, that usually means they're in the movie for a couple of scenes, right? The, the movie is basic... 90% of the movie is just Daniel Stern, Damon Wayans, and Dan Aykroyd. 90% 90, 90 of the scenes are just those three. I actually feel like this could have been written as a stage play with just those three actors, and that actually would have been a much stronger story. It could have been. I mean, pretty much anything could have been. I, it's, <laughs> it's, it uh, wouldn't be hard for anything else to be a much stronger story. Obsessed fans is not a new idea, the fan with Robert De Niro and Wesley Snipes is one that comes to mind. And there's a couple others, which I can't, I don't really recall. Yeah, so it's not a new idea. And there's actually, yeah, there's really no really new ideas in this. These are all just recycled sports cliches that we've seen if, you, if you've if you seen a sports movie over and over again. But it wasn't even a sports movie. It was people who watch sports movie. Because I've seen a lot of sports movies and I enjoy a good number of them. And this wasn't even that like it wasn't even a team that you could root for because they were like the plucky underdogs or anything like that it was just these two dudes well it was they did use real nba teams so the nba was behind this so because this movie has the boston celtics and the utah jazz right which now, i also play- looked up if the utah jazz is an actual team because i know very utah little about J- basketball <laughs> The it Utah didn't Jazz sound is an real. team. I did not sound yes. real. And they had a lot of like Larry Bird made right. uh, made a cameo in this movie. I was very proud of myself for recognizing Larry Bird because I do not know sports that well. I know very little about basketball, but I still was like, I think that's Larry Bird, and it was, and I was like, pat on the back, good for me. I recognized nobody else, but I did <laughs> I did feel well, okay about that. They had a lot of real sports commentators. ESPN oh, okay. personalities. Those guys out. were all, those were all real people. Well, if they're all real people, they were not fictional characters. I should. They were say. not. They, they were, were not playing, cardboard. They were cutouts. playing themselves. I don't know. Maybe if it was in twenty twenty, it might have been better <laughs> if it was cardboard cutouts. <laughs> well, let's just dive in. Okay. Uh. So you're not a big sports fan. I like some sports peripheral. Peripheral. I like a little bit of sports. So I like I have a few teams that I root for, or if I hear that they win, I'm happy. Um, ironically, very few of them are, like the, the Boston teams are not high up on my list. So I like the Green Bay Packers, I like the New York Rangers, and then I like all the Boston sports teams. That's fine. Um, I know like the least amount of knowledge about basketball um, or basketball people and teams and that sort of things. Um, I know the general idea of how you play basketball, but but no, I would not say that I am like walking into this going, I know all the lingo and I know every person. And yeah, I had to I had to Google whether or not they actually did tear Boston Stadium down because I because I live here did. now. Yeah, well, I now I know they did. And that's what TD Garden is now. I've lived in Boston for 10 years, but that happened before I got here. Um, so I missed all that drama. So we start the movie. It's Daniel Stern. <laughs> giving a giving a pep talk. We don't see who he's giving this pep talk to, 
but I immediately knew I go, it's either going to be children or like an elderly be... nursing home. Like I, I yes. think the exact same thing. Like the minute he starts doing it, like there's definitely like four year olds in this next shot that's coming up. And like, yes, 100%. Listen up, Kevin, you are playing the number five position. It means you set the back pick on the box on the weak side for Tom. Carrie, you're going to catch the ball at the foul line, and then you're going to pivot. You're going to pivot into the triple threat position, bounce pass it to Tom at the top of the key. Then you go back door, okay? You are going to go back door towards the basket for the layup. Are there any questions? What? Can we go on the trampoline, Mr. O'Hara? Yeah. No flips on the trampoline. You have your friend Billy Williams to thank for that. He had to sue the school after hurting his neck, ruining it for everyone. The speech was was not appropriate for the audience when the reveal happened, and it was true. It was a bunch of children. Kids are like, we don't care about basketball. Can we jump on a trampoline? But not even that. They all said in perfect unison together, Mr. Zawitso, can we go jump on the trampoline? Like in perfect unison. And that bugged the crap out of me immediately. Because like, there's no way that would have been coherent. It would have been like a mess of just, I've worked with kids a lot. So this is, this was irksome. Well, and the fact that, the fact that an elementary school has a trampoline, that's just a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah, that was a big, and there was no spotter. It was a, that was a big trampoline. Cause like I've seen little ones where it's like you step on, it's like one person, you can bounce a little bit. Like that makes sense. But no, that was like an Olympic size trampoline. Do they have Olympics? Well, he does make a comment, goes no backflips because thanks, thanks little Billy for that. Yeah. And little Billy had a freaking rat tail. Did you see that? I, I wasn't sure if it was like a hair thing or like a rod out of his neck. Like I wasn't sure exactly what it was. It was a rat tail. Ooh. It was a 1990s rat tail. Yeah, that's gross. And one of the kids sticks around <sighs> and asks Daniel Stern if he's okay. And then Daniel Stern goes off on this diatribe about how the Celtics need to win. What we're at right now is the Celtics are in the finals versus the Jazz. They're up three games to two. That's what we, we will find that out later. Yes. Daniel Stern's like, we've got, we've got a win. And he almost makes this kid cry. And the kid, and Daniel Stern's like, please don't cry. Just go play on the trampoline. But also the kid like gives the very clear, like, oh, here's the moral of the whole movie right at the front. The most important thing is to have fun. It doesn't matter whether you win or lose. And then Daniel Stern's like, fuck you, kid. We want to win. And right away, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, here's the lesson they will eventually learn. That's the lesson they will eventually learn. However, Daniel, however Daniel Stern is correct. In the real world, it's all about winning. It's well, not about having fun. It's not about teamwork. It's all about winning in the real world, especially in the real world of sports. I disagree, but sure, go on. It's nobody. <laughs> nobody's happy about moral victories. Here's my cabinet full of moral victories right here. Hey, I, I can I sleep at I'm night on my a... bed of full of moral victories. You enjoy yeah. a trophy, cold, hard trophy. And at this point, Daniel Stern's wife comes in. <laughs> we don't know it's his wife at the time. He bends down and kisses her. So, And once again, this is the typical Hollywood, why, why is she married to that man? Because 
this woman was just looking at her. It's like, oh, she is way out of his league. I mean, I would like to think that Daniel Stern's character was at one point like a decent guy who wasn't a complete jackass because he's not bad looking and he's got like a steady job. Although, but to back up a second, like who let Daniel's that character like be in charge of children? That was clearly a guy that should have no business taking care of kids. Like I don't that just distracted me immediately. Um, so like I I wasn't I didn't disbelieve that she could be married to him, but she says some I don't know if you wanted to like continue, but she says something during that scene that just like hurt me to my core. Uh, what was it? It was when, because she comes in and she's got the divorce paper. She's like, I forget exactly, but something like, I can't do this anymore. You're terrible. And I have the divorce papers. I kept them from the last time we split up. And the only reason I didn't file them is because I felt bad for you. And that was like, oh, oh, I felt that from here. Like, that was just so harsh. If we're going by him being a Celtics fan, the last Mm -hmm. time the Celtics won anything was in the 80s. So that means he's been this way, let's say, 10 years. Um, I mean, I would think that he wouldn't go from 0 to 80. with it. Like, I, I would think it'd be a slow incline. Like, maybe he starts getting a little grumpy, a little obsessive about the Celtics. Maybe, like, let's say five years. I would, I would split the difference, okay. say, the last five years. Five years. That's a long time to put up with somebody who's obsessed with something other than her. Oh, that's that's true. I don't disagree with that. And, and, for, and he's smoking in the school. That's another thing. They're smoking throughout this entire movie constantly. Yes. Like you see he, him smoking in restaurants. And this was the mid-90s. Yeah. So if you saw Ocean's Eleven and if you noticed how Brad Pitt is eating in every single scene in Ocean's Eleven, it is this movie where they're smoking in every single scene. Like, I swear to God, I, like, I could not believe it was just nonstop. Even if they're not smoking, Dan Aykroyd has a cigar that he's always chomping on. Even if yeah. it's not lit, he's chomping on it in every scene. Well, he loses it, and she's like, goodbye, walks... And then Daniel Stern, like, Storms yells, at yells at the top of his lungs, you know, my dream... He yells to the children, my dream is dead! Because Daniel Stern's a pretty tall guy. I looked it up. He's about 6'4". Okay. Actually, that's not very tall for a basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> That's frightening, but yeah. Apparently he was a basketball player and... Oh. He, yeah, he, he had an injury and he didn't make it pro, so his... Oh, wait, wait, this is the character. Pro. This is not actual Daniel Stern. Not him. No, this is the character in the oh, movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. For a second, I thought you said Daniel Stern himself used to play basketball. And I was like, no, oh, that's no, nice. No. Okay, I, he yes, might yes, have, yes. but he didn't. I don't know. <laughs> but so he yells to the children, my dream is dead. My dream is dead. And his wife just storms off. Right. As you do, because it's... that's one of the things about sports people in general that makes me just a little bit crazy is when they talk like we did this and we did that and i'm like you're not on the team you're not part of the team like you had no part in this um but yeah when he's like they don't but when we but later we'll talk about later in the in the mm -hmm. movie they think they did right right (laughs) but okay so the thing that but we, I guess we won't go there yet, but there, I think it was after that when she storms out or the kids left and he's like having his sad mopey moment and he like starts dribbling and then like shooting, shooting baskets just for lulls because he loves the game clearly. And then he's like sinks a three pointer. And it was, and I looked at that like, oh, that's going to be important later. Wrong, wrong, wrong. But it wasn't. <laughs> and I have nope. talked about that, but not yet. So then we cut to. A TV commercial, and it's Damon oh Wayne's God. character. Right. 
this is a direct parody or copy. Charles Barkley. I don't know if you know who Charles Barkley is. I know who Charles Barkley is. Like, okay. I, I don't know what team he played for, but I know he's a basketball player. He's a retired basketball player. Yeah, he's, he's a very opinionated announcer, a very opinionated basketball player. Okay. And this is a parody of a commercial oh, okay. that he did around those times. Because he was doing a commercial saying, I'm not uh, like, oh, yeah. I'm not a role model. That was it. He's right. like, I'm not a role model. I'm not going to raise your kids. And that is exactly what... Okay. Because the commercial... Because I was very like bewildered as to why he was making this. Because Damon Wayans is walking... It's all black and white. And he's walking down this long hallway that is... I don't even know how to explain the decor. It looks like a weird graffiti mural thing. But then, yeah, he was like, I'm not a hero. I don't, I don't like your kids. I don't even like kids. And I just didn't understand. So I guess if that's a reference to an actual basketball commercial. That, that was a reference sense. to an actual basketball commercial. Whoosh, over my head. That's the danger when you're making a movie of emulating or copying something that's popular at the time. Yes. If it doesn't stay popular, it's a point in the movie that nobody, if you weren't alive in that time, you're not going to know what it means. I was alive. I just didn't follow basketball. Or if you didn't follow basketball, right? I, it's it was very it was a very like deep cut niche kind of reference. Like I'm sure if you yes. are a big basketball fan and was a big basketball fan at that point, it would have been very clear. I just am not that demographic, so I missed that. Yes, exactly. But I still and understood there, the fact that like Damon Wayne's character is kind of like a dick who just does a lot of commercials and makes a lot of money. Like I I still got that part. And truth be told, this movie was probably made for a certain demographic of people. I'm sure. That would, if they put that in, like, the people who this movie is going to attract would understand what that came from. Correct. We cut to Dan Aykroyd. He's the one watching the television. And he's in this mansion. (laughs) And for a split second, you think, well, for a split second, I thought, I didn't think, but they want you to think that Dan Aykroyd is this rich guy living in this mansion. Sure. But from what I've seen before, I've seen clips of the movie, I saw the commercials when it first came out, so I knew that wasn't the case. This was one of the cases where, we, you always say where trailers or something gives away a plot point. Yeah. And this is what happened. After, after seeing the trailers and seeing clips, I knew that wasn't the case just from the information that I had before right. I saw that, the that was going to fool nobody for exactly zero seconds. Like, that was kind of a, a wasted joke, if it was quote-unquote joke. Yes, it was, very, it was very wasted. And it turns out that Dan Aykroyd is a plumber, and he's working in this guy's house, and the guy walks in and is like, uh, is my toilet fixed? <laughs> and Dan Aykroyd's, ah, it's just taking a little break. Uh, Dan Aykroyd slips in and out of an Irish accent through this entire... Oh, I have notes about the Boston accents, but go on. Yeah, or the the Boston. I'm sorry, the Boston accent. I mean, it's it's, it's a little bit of a... Boston, yeah. yeah, It's it's fuzzy. And Dan Aykroyd is usually very good with with voices. I don't know how good he is with... uh, Accents, but... The Boston accent is hard. Like, the Boston Boston accent is hard to do. But if you're but if you're not good at it, it's real obvious, real fast. You're not good at it. And I knew I knew going into this that he was going to slip in and out of a Boston accent throughout the entire movie, and he, that is exactly what happened. Um, Daniel Stern didn't even try, and I'm like, that was probably the better move. 
uh, Robin Hood, King of Thieves with Kevin Costner. He didn't, <laughs> attempt, he didn't even attempt an English accent. No. And you know what? I appreciate That's that. That's fine. That's fine. I appreciate that. That because is it fun. gets it becomes distracting because like either then you're yes. like waiting for the accent or then you hear it. It's terrible. And then you go, oh, you got a good job. And then it's got like it's just distracting. So but to go back to the guy who actually owns the mansion. Uh, when he walks in and he's like, he came back from walking his dogs. He's like, "Is my toilet fix?" And and down awkward. Like, oh, you gotta go! Oh, oh yeah, I'll get right to it. But when the guy walked in with his dogs, I was like, "There is no way that a guy who owns a mansion is out walking his own dogs to take him out. Like he's got someone doing that for him." So that was denied. Did not buy that. Dan Aykroyd was like so bumbly. Like he wasn't even like a lovable goof. He was just kind of like awkward all over the place well there's no way that a rich guy is going to leave a complete stranger alone in his house with also all his that. valuables yeah. right yeah but then there's a cut of dan Aykroyd was watching the boston bruins uh mm -hmm. that's the, the team he was he was watching so he goes up to fix the toilet and he has one of the old school cell phones oh the, looks the like brick a, the brick zach like morris phone yeah yeah and he calls his his grandma. His, his grandmother. His grandma. His, yeah. Yep. He said, Grandma, put the phone next to the TV so we can listen to the Bruins game. So we're really pounding the point home that Daniel Stern and Dan Aykroyd are just super, super, super fans. And that, and we even get more of that. Because then we cut to a restaurant <laughs> where, they're, where they're smoking. Mm -hmm. And this is where we're introduced to their cop friend, who's also a giant Celtics Asshole? fan. Oh, okay. Yeah. That too. Fan, asshole, yeah. <laughs> so they were at, so they cut to the restaurant, and that's Doyle's, and they reference Doyle's a bunch of this movie, and that's actually, A, one of, like, only three Boston landmarks that I, like, noticeably picked out, um, which I thought there would be way more Boston things that I could be like, oh, I know that. But I actually do know Doyle's. I used to work at a place that was, like, down the block from Doyle's, so I actually have been there and was like, oh, that's kind of neat, that's where they were. Um, and it's like very, I think they actually might have filmed legitimately inside Doyle's because it looked pretty much the same. Um, Do you know why you didn't recognize a lot of Boston places? Did they didn't actually film in not, Boston? It was not filmed in Boston. Did they? Okay, so here's an, uh, I'm jumping like ahead, but I, I Googled this because I was trying to figure this out. I was trying to figure out if they filmed in around Georgetown because there's a scene later. I forget what they're, I think maybe it's, well, I won't spoil the thing we get ready to talk about, but there was a scene later where they're running down these giant stairs and I swear to God, it looks like the stairs from the exorcist. And so I was trying to figure out if they filmed anything in Georgetown because that would have like made me just giggle knowing that Celtic Pride filmed on the same stairs where they filmed exorcist. I couldn't verify I don't know where it filmed. Yeah. But you know the stairs but, that I'm talking about in that shot? Yes. The famous... Take me! Well, yes, yes, yes. But then also in Celtic Pride, like those stairs where they're like running down, chasing whatever. Yeah. It looks just like it. So I'm, in my head, that's canon. But I don't know for sure. Then they go to game six. Yes. They have all these rituals. They kiss their hand and place it on the side of the doorway when they walk in. They and... stop in the middle of the doorway, dead center, blocking everyone behind them, by the way. Major dick move. I can't wait till I'm old enough to do that. <laughs> like you don't do that now i want to be old enough to block the doorway without people saying anything to me because <laughs> um, I'm, I'm old now but i'm not old enough people will call me an asshole and try to nudge around me yeah when you're um, older they'll call you an asshole for different reasons but they know and once again they get to their seats and they know everybody so hey buddy hey they know all these people the hot dog lady <laughs> 
obviously ha has a huge crush on Dan Aykroyd. Hey, Rock, Jimmy, go, man. Just the way you like it, Jimmy. We even toasted the bun. How'd you do that? There's no poster here. I used my curling iron. <laughs> Thanks, Susie. It's on the house, Jimmy. I would even almost say, like, were they banging? Because, like, the thing at the beginning and then the thing later, like, I and he called her baby at some point. So I was, like, at, at the very least, she has a huge crush and, like, and possibly they're banging. I wasn't sure. We never get But an that answer. doesn't, that doesn't go, we don't get an answer and that doesn't go anywhere. There's a lot of there's a lot of plot points that don't go anywhere in this movie. I, I have a anywhere. I have a list. <laughs> uh, the game star and Damon Wayans is on the jazz. He's Damon Wayans is basically Michael Jordan talent in this movie. Yes. Talent wise, yeah. he's yeah. he's the best player in the NBA. He has also alienated his coach and his players. Nobody likes him. That is never explained. It's never explained why he is like that. You are correct. They don't. Which might have made his character, it could have fleshed out his character more if we knew why he, if there was a certain reason. It's just, I got close to somebody and it didn't work out or or I trusted somebody. That's why I'm closed yeah. off with these people. He just comes off as a dick. Yes. He and clearly has a giant chip on his shoulder from something. But we're never, we never know why. Right. Michael Jordan's big thing is he was cut from his high school basketball team. Mm. And that was the that was the first chip on his shoulder. But we don't get anything why Danny yeah. Waynes has this huge chip on his shoulder. Game starts and then the first and it's it was pretty decent basketball action. It looked it sort of it kind of looked like a basketball game. I mean I mean I bought it, but sure. Yeah. So at the end of the first half, Boston is way out ahead of Utah. Mm -hmm. And Daniel Stern and, and everybody's feeling good. And then they, they're convinced they're going to win, and it's going to be the end of the series. They're going to win since right because this is they're up three games to five. This is game six, and then an old friend of theirs comes up, baby Daryl Hammond. Daryl, Daryl Hammond, baby Daryl Hammond. Mm -hmm. They talk for a little bit. Second half starts, and then the Utah Jazz start making a comeback. But immediately when <laughs> Daryl Hammond sits down, Daniel Stern's giving him the stink eye, and we don't know why yes. he's giving him the stink eye. And then he tells Dan Arkwright, like, oh, you still talk to that guy after the, the Buckner thing? And he's like, oh, come on. So so Daniel Stern had, like, already put him on a shit well, list he, when he sat down. So apparently, yeah, yeah, apparently he blamed him for that Bill Buckner error. Is that an actual sports thing? Like, that's a legit sports thing? That, that is happened? an actual. Bill Buckner was the first baseman of the Boston Red Sox. And they were in a drought for, at that point, close was, to 100 years. I was going to say, I remember when they, I remember when they finally won because I was actually in LA at the time, but it was a huge deal. Like I was at a concert and they stopped the concert with like, the Red Sox won the World Series and everyone yelled. And this ball just went, it was, it was game six against the New York Mets, 1986. Ew, the Mets. The ball went through his, it was just, it was a simple grounder and it went through his legs. Mm. The Mets ended up winning game six and the Mets ended up winning game seven. Got it. Won the World Series. And, Bill Buckner, he basically said that play ruined his life. Yeah. Un until the Red Sox won the World Series. Okay. Then it was the water under the bridge. So that was a huge, huge deal in Boston, the Buckner error. Okay. And apparently okay. and apparently Daniel Stern blames 
Daryl Hammond for the Buck. Baby Daryl Hammond. Yes. Okay. Yeah, very, very another old. another sports thing that went over my head because I just don't. Well, a I'm not from Boston originally, so I don't have like the lore in my blood. But then also I'm not a huge sports, an active sports brand, so that again whoosh, over my head. Um, Jazz start making a comeback and. Dan Aykroyd and, and Daniel Stern start freaking out. It's like, are we in the wrong seat? So they start switching seats, and mm-hmm. then they start telling everybody in the road to switch seats, and then they tell everybody to stand up. It, it's, it's unnecessary just, is what it is. <laughs> it was ridiculous and unnecessary and bizarre. But also, while that's happening, uh, Dan Aykroyd has this tiny little like transistor TV radio with like giant antennas. And so he's like at the game, looks like decent seats because they're close enough where they can like make eyes at um, Damon Wayans and be like, you suck. But he, but then Aykroyd's like still got this tiny little TV and he's like watching the game on the TV. That was very confusing. I didn't know what the point of that was. Um, A lot of people do that. Really? Either that or they listen to the radio. They listen to the radio. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Because the commentary, they're listening for the commentary? For the commentary. Okay. Because <sighs> doing the commentary of the game was Bill Walton and Marv Albert, and those are two real broadcasters. Got it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Daniel Stern makes the connection, oh no, the Celtics started losing when baby Daryl Hammond showed up. So he gets the entire section to kick Daryl Hammond out of the arena. Who paid $300 for his ticket. So that, like... Yes. Was they should have chipped in to pay him back for that ticket? I mean, that was just rude. I just think they're trying to get across the the superstition, group, the like yeah, the superstition, yeah. the group mentality, superstition right. of, of when you're connected to a team. But a good, but it's a good thing they set up the superstition early on because it pays off later. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Oh wait, no, it doesn't. The guy playing the coach of the Jazz, mm-hmm. Chris Christopher McDonald. McDonald. Yes, yep. a very fine character actor. Always an asshole. Always an asshole, and he's an asshole in this. He's very there's, good at it. Yeah, there's... I feel like this in this movie, he was an asshole, but like, but I felt like he had a right to be an asshole in this movie. Because like putting up with Damon Wayans and all his bullshit, I'm like, I kind of get why you're a dick here. Like, you're still being a dick, but I'm like, I don't know, I understand it, though. I know we're supposed to like Dan Aykroyd and Daniel Stern, but they're not really likable characters. There's no really likable character in this movie. I, literally, I had that same exact thought. There's there's nobody that I liked in this movie, except maybe the grandma, who also, why was the grandma here at all? She had zero purpose for anything. When the, when the grandma came in at the very beginning, when Dan Aykroyd was like, Grandma, put the phone near the TV so I can hear the TV. My first thought was, oh no, something's going to happen to the grandma. She's going to die. It's going to be a plot point. Something's going to happen. Wrong! 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 No, she was just... They had her in like three scenes for no re- for yeah. no reason. She did nothing to the story. Jazz win. They got to go to game seven. Yeah. And they always have this shot in every sports movie. <laughs> the game is over. The arena is empty. empty. Except for yep. these two. Security would have kicked them out. Long, unless they knew. They seem to know everybody. Unless they knew security. But that's always bugged me. When there's yeah. always a big game, and then after the game... One the guy with a push here, broom. Always somebody sweeping! <laughs> yes! Always somebody Literally, sweeping! This the, the protagonist, the like one light is on, and then one guy with a push broom being like, oh, it happens every year. Like, I don't know why that's a trope. And it's always the losing. The, the yes. winning people never stay. They're always two or three dejected people yeah. in a giant arena alone with a guy pushing a broom. But then they do the most bewildering exchange 
that I, like, I, I had to, I still don't understand what the hell this quote means. Do you know the quote I'm trying to reference? I don't. Okay. It's when <sighs> something, something Dan Aykroyd says, we're, at least we're not boat people. We'd be on the boat in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle trying not to jump overboard, something, something. And then Daniel Stern yells something to the effect of like, I wish we were boat people. Because Hold on. I had that part. I had up uh, because the quote was just so, I just did not understand at all what the quote was supposed to mean. Uh, I wish we were boat people. Oh, it's over here. I wish I was a boat person. Their team didn't lose. I don't understand. What is a boat person? Like, I don't, I don't, I, I, you find the clip, put that in there later so that it makes more sense. I would usually put an audio clip in right here, but I don't like being told what to do. I don't know what that, I didn't know if it was a reference to something about a, being a boat person or like the boat people. It just made, and it, it was like gibberish. Like I just legitimately did not understand what was happening in that spot. Boat people are connected with being rich. So like, maybe rich, be losing doesn't matter to rich people. I don't. Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. But here's my other, well, I have, I don't know what, I don't know what point to go into this tangent of my thoughts, but my, my thought that I had while watching this. So Dan Aykroyd is a plumber and Daniel right. Stern is a gym teacher. I think we can safely assume neither of those positions are like extremely lucrative and yet they had like courtside seats and they know everybody. So they're like season ticket holders. But how does one afford that? Because I would assume that's expensive. Well, I don't know about a plumber. I know plumbers can make pretty good money. However, from way, the way we see how Dan Aykroyd lives, I think he makes a decent living as a plumber. <laughs> But he spends all of his money on memorabilia and tickets. Because okay. later in the film, he's behind on his rent. How Daniel Stern makes, I don't know. It just, it seems to imply that they were season ticket holders because they're there all the time and they have their little Well, they're there during they the playoffs. Everybody. I mean, those, right, yeah, they're, right. they're near the court. Those tickets, they're monsters, not cheap. Monsters, yeah. they're not cheap at all. No. Right. So, that, so then and my that thought was. That might have been a good plot point with his wife, too. You're spending all our money on these tickets, on this memorabilia. Our son can't go to college. Something given, other than you're, you're just them an like asshole something sports meteor. fan. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You're an asshole sports fan is one thing, but you spend money on you spend money on stuff that we don't need while we're lacking in this other stuff that we do need. So, so that led led me to my other thought, which may be controversial, but I thought that. There was absolutely no need for that whole scene to be at the game itself. I don't know why they couldn't have just had Dan Aykroyd, Daniel Stern at Doyle's or a bar or wherever, and they're watching the game on TV with all their local friends yelling at each other, still doing the seat switching thing, because you can still do that wherever. And like Dara Hammond comes up behind them at the bar and yada yada, but like that seemed like that would fit more with their lifestyles and like their... Um, like their financial status, just like they're hanging at the bar. And then later, not to get into spoilers, but like later when they go to the, the game, it like feels like more important because it's like the first time they're going to a live game. And then, and then I thought they could have like trimmed that whole thing down. Cause like, I, I think it was like a 10 straight minutes of like just basketball and seat switching. It was just, it felt long. 
the pacing on this movie overall is awful. Yeah, it's a very slow-moving movie. But see, but the movie was only an hour and a half. I know! So that's the thing. Like, the pacing was terrible and scenes were too long and the movie was still just... So I feel like they had to drag things out just to fill the time. I'm always a stickler about padded scenes. Whenever I watch a movie that's an hour 45, it's like, this movie could have easily been an hour and a half. You could have trimmed this, this, and this. It wouldn't yeah. affect the movie. It would have tightened it up. But this movie was just an hour and a half. So, so they were obviously adding to get to our, the 90-minute our, the mark. Very clearly, because it just dragged. Then, once again, to prove that those guys know everybody... Right. They get a call from these bartenders who are twins? Yeah, they, or, I thought, they seemed like they were twins for like no apparent They seemed reason. like they were twins, but they didn't. I didn't think Again, they looked alike. Again, <laughs> not useful for anything. Like, it was not a plot point that was needed later. It was just randomly. They're just twins. It was just for a lame joke that Damon Wayne's made. It's like, I thought it was seeing double. Um, I, that was so... I didn't... Like, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I didn't even realize that's why he said that. Like, I... That was like such a lame attempt. Oh God, I'm like angry at that now. <laughs> so these bartenders call Dan Aykroyd on the phone and say, hey, Damon Waynes is here at the bar. Like, get over here. And Dan Aykroyd is like, yeah, let's go there just so we can look him in the eye. He wanted to give him crazy eyes, which by the way, Dan Aykroyd has so many scenes with just, he looks insane. Yeah. This was this was already like number two. The first time he looked absolutely insane was when they were walking into the stadium and he was they were doing their their like mantra. Then like and he was just like the wide just like and we're gonna go see the Celtics and but like the eyes were just like oh my god, and not the craziest of the scenes. He gets crazier later. They go to this bar and the bar is Roxy's. Roxy's, and that is an actual place in Chicago? That is Boston. Boston, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, that is an actual place in Boston. Uh, I don't actually know if it's still there. I have not been there. So either it is still there and I just haven't gone, or it is no longer there, and that is why I haven't gone. I didn't Google that one. They show up. Damon Waynes is dancing with all these beautiful women. Mm -hmm. Like you do. Like you do, with absolutely no bodyguards or no protection so that's one thing right there he would a professional basketball if he was michael jordan he would not have been in that bar alone but also he's the guy that just shut down the celtics in game six out at a boston bar he would have gotten his ass kicked immediately like i didn't know why he was even there he was there because he's quote unquote a loner this movie take what this the padding of this movie is we know that Dan Aykroyd and Daniel Stern are super fans but they keep driving that point home. We know yeah. it. We they never let us forget it. Damon Wayne's is a loner. They keep driving that point home. They're treating the audience as they're stupid. We have to really let the audience know that these guys are obsessed and this guy is a loner. Dan Aykroyd dances up to him cuz they once as I said no bodyguard, no security, dances right. right up to Damon Wayne's, gives him the crazy eyes. He could have just shanked him, away. for all he knew. Anybody could, one of those women could have shanked him. <laughs> Anybody could have shanked him. But he doesn't even just do crazy eyes. He, like, legit puts his hands up and, like, does, like, a weird snake move. And, like, I, it was just so weird. But also, when, Dan, when, when the two of them walk into the bar, it was very reminiscent of just two wild and crazy guys. Which I didn't know if, like, they were, like, purposely doing that little wink. Or if I was just reading too much into it. 
Or A Night at the Roxy, they were. <laughs> Will Ferrell and Chris Kattan. Yeah, Will yeah. Ferrell and Chris Kattan. Yeah, that was that was my other thought. Um, so it could have been a nod to both simultaneously. Dan Aykroyd seems to dance in every movie that he's in, one way or another. Yeah, I'm not mad about it. I'm mad at the crazy I'm not mad eyes. About it. Crazy eyes were unnecessary. Crazy eyes. Dan Aykroyd and Daniel Stern are drinking, and they go, you know what we should do? We should get him drunk. We should get Damon Wayne's drunk so he won't be able to perform tomorrow. Daniel Stern's like, you, you, are you serious? I'll do it if you do it. And Dan Heckroyd's, well, I'll do it if you do it. And they make their way up to Damon Wayne's and pretend to be jazz fans. Right. Which, yeah, they somehow pull that off, I guess. And that's when Larry Bird comes in. Who, again, if Larry Bird was just in a random Boston bar, he would be mobbed by people immediately. Because Dan Aykroyd and Daniel Stern lose their shit when mm-hmm. they be, huh? Yeah, and then Dan, and then Damon Wayne's is like, oh, but they hate the Celtics, right? <laughs> just two Boston guys who hate the Celtics. <laughs> and of course, we, the audience, are going, no, that's their hero. Oh God, that's so difficult, oh, man. Yes. And Larry Bird gives him the speech about being fair weather friends. Hey, Lewis, good game tonight. Hey, what's up, old timer? Wish you was out there. I took you to school. Must love living that fantasy world. Mm. Oh! <laughs> what you up to, man? Still having some dinner with my friends. All right. Um, this is, um... <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Larry Bird. <laughs> Let me mark Mike, Michael Pinero. And, uh... John. <laughs> Jimmy Flaherty. Yeah, then endangered species in this town. Two white Irish guys who hate the Celtics. Hate the right guys. We love... We love the Celtics. You were Paul. Oh, that was the master when you were times. But uh, we're, I guess, I guess lately the Celtics, the leprechauns have left the building. Fans like you make me sick. You love us when we're winning, and you hate us when we're losing. It's pathetic. You guys should learn a little something about loyalty. Fans like these, you can have. <laughs> he needs his lanky ass anyway. <laughs> Overrated as a player, I guess. Yeah, he, he wasn't really that great. Yeah, he sucks. Suck. Where are drinks? Yeah, but Not again, fun. this scene has no purpose. Like, there's no, there's no payoff to it. There's no reason it doesn't do anything. We don't see Larry Bird later. Like, they don't learn. A, I don't. There are so many things that just happened, and I didn't know why. I knew without seeing this movie. I knew either Larry Bird or Kevin McHale was were going to be in this movie. I was gonna, I, I, I thought Bill Russell. Bill Russell was the original Boston star back in the '60s. But mm. a- after I thought about it, I go, he, he's, he's not known for acting in movies. But Larry, but Larry Bird, Bird is. <laughs> well, he was. Was this before or after Space Jam? Uh oh, that's a good question. I, I want to say this is '96. Yeah. I want to say maybe like a year later, but I feel like it was like right around the same time. Well, I just knew that calling itself Celtics Pride, there had to be a big name Celtic in there. And right. I pretty much assume it was going to be Larry Bird. Right. And it right. was. Safe bet. And as a not the worst athlete acting, he didn't have a lot to do, but he delivered his lines. It wasn't. It was kind of natural. It wasn't really stiff. I've seen some horrible athletes acting in movies, so 
I give Larry Bird a thumbs up on his little scene in there. I thought he, he did what he had to do in the scene. You know? I'm not mad at Larry Bird. I'm just mad at the fact no. that it had nothing to do with anything. I'm mad at the writers. I'm mad at Judd Apatow. <laughs> I am going to write a sternly worded letter to Judd Apatow. Dear Mr. Apatow. <laughs> well, the thing about is, I actually... 1996. <laughs> I, I might be able to get it to him because, fun fact, a by, um, childhood family friend, I think the... I think he was like his high school teacher. So apparently my, my, this like childhood uh, family friend, like is close with Judd Apatow or like they are in touch or something like that. So I, if, Hey, if we felt strongly enough, I could get it to, to my friend Jack and, and be like, just give this to your buddy Judd. Tell him it's from Scott and Emmy. He'll know what that means. No, no, don't put my name on it. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't drag me down. If I'm going down, I'm taking you with me. <laughs> They do what they intend to do. They go through the entire night. They get right. David Wayne's drunk. And mm-hmm. at it's closing time. Everybody's out of the bar except for the two, the two twin bartenders, right. Dan Aykroyd, Daniel Stern, and And David again, Wayne's. in a scene that is way too long, the montage of them getting him drunk, way too long. He's already drunk. We know he's drunk. Right. Yeah. Just do like quick shots of him throwing back a drink and then like cut to the next shot and just throw it like that's all you need. You don't need you don't need like another two minutes of this. The reason that scene existed was once again for a joke. They're naming drinks. Oh. And and Damon Wayne goes, This is a this drink is called the Celtic. The Celtics. It's weak and it's white. Right. Yeah. And that yeah, I was like, ah. But then, but that followed Dan Aykroyd's joke about something. This is called the Jimmy, which I think was his name. And it was something about like, it's short. Oh God, it was so crude. It was like, it's short, it's fat, but it fills a gap. And I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, I've never, I've never heard that before. I don't know if that's an actual thing, an actual saying, but that like made me do a double take. But then David Wayne's like has his little retort to that. But again, like that whole thing was not necessary. We didn't need either of those quote-unquote jokes. This movie lacks jokes so much. No. I guess they they drag Damon Wayans out of the bar, he passes out in their arms, mm-hmm. and then the next day we wake up in Dan Aykroyd's apartment, where Daniel Stern is now staying, because right. his wife kicked him out, and he's staying with Dan Aykroyd. Which I wasn't even aware that he was crashing there, like... Because of the the impending divorce, I just thought that they passed out because they were drinking. Later on, they're like, oh, I'm just staying here, something, something. And I was like, oh, well, that wasn't clear until just now, but okay. You're absolutely right. I did not know that until his wife shows up with some of his stuff. I thought they just all went back to his place. And So the commercial we saw earlier in the movie with Damon Wayans, mm-hmm. we get it again with Dan Aykroyd as a plumber. Right. It's right. the same black and white, the same hallway, and it's just weird... But it makes sense later, Scott. It has a point later, right? Wrong! 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 No! No, no, Oh, that's right. It doesn't. No, no, no. There's no need for it. Okay. They are nothing if not consistent. They are consistent on being inconsistent. <laughs> consistently inconsistent. They're consistently inconsistent, which I guess is something. <laughs> Daniel Stern wakes up next to Damon Wayne's, mm-hmm. and during the night... They have duct taped his hands and his feet together. Correct. They wake up, Damon Wayne's duct tape there. They freak out. Right. And they're like, we got to get him out of here. All they have to do at this point 
is take the tape. He's uh, David Wayne's is still yes. David Wayne's is still passed out. Cut the tape off his wrists. Cut the tapes off his ankles. Hey, buddy, we brought you here last night. He gets up. He leaves. End of Nobody's movie. End of movie. That's what you would do in real life. In real life. Granted, they, yes. They, you couldn't do that in the movie because then there's no movie. Which correct. might have been better for everybody. But that is just movie... That's just movie logic that real people would not have done in that situation. Correct. You can't have because real this, life logic in a movie because then that just takes the fun out of it. Because at this point, they have done nothing wrong. Right, right. Even if, even though they duct taped him, they still... Oh, we were drunk. We were goofing him. around. Ha ha. I we, just, were we were playing a game. Yeah. Oh, fucking, we were all drunk. Even all if right, he dude. wakes Oof. up. Even if he wakes up. I'm sorry, man. We were yeah. just, you know. Do you remember? I don't remember. Oh, we were so fucked up. Cool. Thanks for the thing. Autograph my shirt. Bye. Like, you're yeah. done. It's fine. Which is Daniel what they did, like... Scott, right? They just let him go, right? Wrong, wrong, wrong. No. What they do is they start taking pictures of him in Boston memorabilia. Because when Larry you kidnap someone, you immediately want to create more evidence. Yes. And this was before cell phones, so they were taking mm-hmm. pictures with a camera. Right. Uh, they'd, have to, they'd have to go get that developed somewhere. <laughs> Somebody else would see <laughs> these pictures. There would be a negative and everything. Yeah. Way, yeah, way different then. <laughs> it was that, a different time. It was a different time 25 years ago. And so they start carrying him down this... But why... Just take the tape off of his wrist. Take the tape off of it. Even if you're going to dump him in the street, just take the tape off of his wrist and hands. His wrist, his wrist and ankles. You're not wrong. Start... I don't disagree with any of this. Yes, it would have made way more sense just to be like, whoops, what did we do last night? That was a crazy idea we had. Let's tell no one. Cool. See you next time, buddy. Give me seven. Like, uh, that would have been... <sighs> give, me, give me seven? I said game seven. Game seven. Oh, I thought you said give, give me, me seven. seven. That's like high seven. I can't afford to. <laughs> I can't afford to give, give you me a high, high, high seven. ten. <laughs> I'm sorry, I lost. I lost three fingers in Nam. Give me a high seven. <laughs> I lost the other three in the divorce. But My we're coming. We're everything. coming. We're coming up on the one line that actually did make me laugh out loud. All right, so they're carrying Daniel Stern dead. They're carrying Daniel David Stern- Wayne's down. The stairs, and while they're doing that, Daniel Stern starts. Uh, Jesus, they're, <laughs> who are they? They're, they're you're still, carrying. You're still hung up Wayne's on the high seven. <laughs> I am the high seven. They're carrying Damon Wayne's down the stairs. Mm-hmm. He starts to wake up, right? And Damon Wayne's and Daniel Stern start wrestling. And at that point, Dan Aykroyd runs back up the stairs, and Daniel mm-hmm. Stern thinks that he's abandoned him. We have to look at it this way too. This is too out of shape. <laughs> middle-aged men. I think Damon Wayans might be a little, uh, like a tad old for the player that he's playing. But two middle-aged, uh, two middle-aged out-of-shape men battling a finely tuned athlete. Correct. And Damon Wayne starts to get the better of Daniel Stern until Dan Aykroyd comes down the stairs with this odd-looking odd gun. I couldn't even figure out what kind of gun it was supposed to be. Like, I wasn't even sure if it was supposed to be an actual gun or, like, an air pistol or a BB gun. Like, I don't know guns, so it just looked weird. I don't weird. either, but I think it was – he mentions that it was from an Olympic – an Olympian. I think it was used for marksmanship or something like that. Some Something. It was a weird gun for him to have. Like, it was – again – Something random that had no payoff. Like, there wasn't a reason why he had this weird gun for marksmanship. It was just... Well, the reason he had the gun was it belonged to 
an athlete. It was part of his memorabilia collection, but it was okay. an actual okay. gun. They get Daniel Stern. Fuck. They get Damon Wayans <laughs> back upstairs. You were determined to have Daniel Stern be kidnapped. Yeah. They get Damon Wayans back upstairs, and he's sitting there, and Daniel Stern tells Dan Aykroyd, go get us some coffee. And then Dan Aykroyd goes off on this tangent about, hey, you know what? I'll get us some coffee and pick oh, up what? some oh. bananas. No. I'm going to get some bananas and, a, and some pancake mix and mix some, I'm going to make some banana pancakes. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that they made the, the very conscious choice to say, I'm going to get bananas and get pancake mix. I'm going to make some banana pancakes. As though we couldn't like walk through that thought process and get to the end result. We had to like be, oh, it was so. But he goes on and on and on. And Daniel Stern's like, fuck it. I'll go get it. Just keep an eye on him. But you said you had a line. What was the line that made you laugh? The one line in this whole movie that actually made me laugh out loud, like a legitimate lol, was when Damon Wayne says something. I don't remember who he says it to, but he says, I'm going to snatch your asshole out and use it as a peephole. And that, I actually, like, was not expecting that. And that got me to, like, legitimately laugh loudly. That was the only line in the entire movie that got that reaction from me. <laughs> Daniel Stern goes out to get coffee, and that leaves mm. Damon Wayans and Dan Aykroyd alone. And Damon mm. Wayans just immediately starts playing mind games yep. with Dan Aykroyd. You always let him talk to you that way? What do you mean? He always talks down to you. Are you his little bitch? He's and not then, wrong. And then there's this scene oh, yeah. where Dan Aykroyd imagines... Because David Wayne goes, what? I bet he comes back with a little skirt and high heel shoes for you to chasse or chasse. What's the word I'm looking for? Sashay. Around in. And, and, and like that statement's this... already like, it's very visual. It's like, oh, you're going to put on some like stilettos and some hot pants and like sashay around the kitchen for him, make him a little pie. And already it was like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a visual cue. Cool. Enough said. Right? Wrong! 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 Oh, what? We see the black and white Dan Aykroyd serving, I'm guessing, banana pancakes. Probably. To Daniel, to Daniel Stern. In, in high heel shoes. And fishneck stockings. And yes. hot pants. And high, and high heel shoes. And I believe Daniel Stern smacks him on the ass. I think you're right. I think he does. Yeah. But at least this makes sense because there's many other cutaways of like imaginary scenarios that could have would have happened. So it's at least consistent with the fact that there's more of these kinds of sequences, right, Scott? Wrong, wrong, wrong. Oh, it's the only one. It makes no sense whatsoever. I'm shocked. I am shocked. But it stands out like a sore thumb. Yes, it does. Because again, there is no reason that it needed to happen. Like, I don't know if someone said to Dan Aykroyd, hey, you know, it would be really funny if you put on some hot pants. And he was like, sure. And then they just left it in the movie. Well, like you said, what is, what are you, a little, he's a little bitch? When yeah. you're going to walk around in some high heel? We get what he's yeah. saying and we get what he's trying to get across without oh, yeah. the visual. We can imagine it. Like, it's, it's, we can it's imagine effective. It. Yeah, we get what you're driving at. In but fact, then it's like, it's... but again, here's the visual. We have to hand you the visual. We're going to literally set it up for you to see. Well, Damon Wayne starts walking towards Dan Aykroyd, and he's like, you're not going to fire that gun. You're not going to fire that gun. You're not going to fire that gun. Bam, he fires that gun. Yup. He's like, what are you, fucking crazy? That could... yeah. Well, he didn't say that. We only get one yeah. fuck in this movie. But it was, like, effectively. It was like... Yeah. I mean, he's like, like what? Well, I could have hit my... Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that Dan Aykroyd actually meant to shoot it. I get the feeling he was kind of, like, a nervous, like, twitch, and he just accidentally fired it. I didn't... It didn't seem like he actually was trying to, like shoot him. I mean, he's not trying to actually kill him. Um, 
He Damon Wayans could have easily yeah. gotten that gun away from Dan Aykroyd at pretty much any time he wanted. All he would have had to do was go, hey, look at that. And Dan Aykroyd would have gone, what? And then he could have like, taken the gun out of his hands. Like It would have been that easy. We cut to Daniel Stern. He's walking on the street. They run into his cop friend. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Stern brings up a hypothetical situation of what if you kidnapped somebody Again, even for a day? <laughs> creating more evidence. Like later when they go on trial, this is going to be the thing. Like, now can you confirm that you had a conversation with the defense? Like, this is just stupid. But during this conversation, Jeff Ross yes. walks up to him. That's who that was. I Like, I recognized him, but I couldn't put my finger on who it was. Yes, baby Jeff, Jeff Ross. Jeff Ross is the comic known for roasts. He's the roast master. Yes. And his car was stolen and the cop is pretty much ignoring him. He's talking to his friend. I think, once again, the scene has nothing to do with anything. I it think was this a was throwaway just, role. Like, I think he was just there was. because he was friends with the guys and they're like, hey, do this like, bit part. Because it, like, it was totally like a throw, like a day player was like, you over there, come say these two lines. That's exactly it. Yeah. I'm gonna, I want to get you in my movie. Yeah. Maybe get you into, maybe get into SAG or whatever. What they should have done was made Jeff Ross one of the bartenders. That would have been a better role for him. He's not a twin. It, it didn't need to be a twin. Anyway. Hey, we need that joke. <sighs> you're right. You're right. You know what? The whole movie would have just been ruined without that but, one joke. Without it was the, the only twin. one they had. It was the only joke they had. Anyway, talking to the cop. Creating more evidence. He goes back to Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd punches him in the face. Wait, 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 like, wait, 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 wait. Are we done with the cop? Because he like does, there's a important thing you're missing with the cop. When 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 Daniel starts doing the whole hypothetical thing and he's like, yeah, don't you think someone should like just grab him and like hold him? And the cop's like, yeah, yeah, you know, they should. I would do that. I'm crazy enough to do it. Yeah, I would totally do that. And Daniel Stern's like, really? Mm, okay, file that away. Well, he goes, he goes as a cop. I would right. have to. But as, but as a, person, a Celtics fan, I absolutely would. And we're like, there's, but can we just also acknowledge how like so much of the cop stuff was just cringy? Like it was just like, I was watching it. I was like, didn't taste good. No, because they make a joke earlier in the movie. It's like, aren't, uh, why don't you go plant some evidence on somebody? And he's like, yeah. I already did that today. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, uh, no, it's not you. the best representation of a police officer in a movie. It's not. It's not. Um, and I mean, it's it could have been worse. It's going to get but... worse. Well, it's, it's going to get worse yeah. later in the movie. Yeah. Well, a lot of stuff gets worse later in the movie. Daniel Stern shows up and Dan Aykroyd punches him in the face because. Damon Wayne's got into his head, and Daniel Stern's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Dan Aykroyd, I don't. He's got. He's got in your head." And so this is where Daniel Stern explains to Dan Aykroyd. He's like, "We're going to jail." Listen, man. Oh, my, I can't believe I hit you. He gave me the mogo eye. It's okay. Listen, I was talking to Kevin. Okay, we are definitely in deep trouble. We are probably going to jail. Okay, so what do we do? There's no choice. Look, all right, look. I was thinking, if we let him go now, our lives are going to go down in flames or we're going to have nothing to show for it, right? But if we hold on to him, keep him till after the game and the Celtics win, 
Well, our lives are going to go down in flames, but at least we will have contributed to the Celtics' victory. I like this I'm very much. All our lives, we've taken, we've taken, we've taken from the Celtics. Now I think it's time to give something back. Look, on a team, everybody's got a job to do, right? So this is our job. Our job is to cover Lewis Scott. And if we can hold on to him, then maybe, just maybe, we can win that championship. Yeah, but it wouldn't be a fair win now, would it? It'd always be an asterisk next to it in the record book. Yeah, but it would have our names next to it. What kind of loser would want to be an asterisk? I would very much like to be one of them. Let's lead our Celtics to victory! Yes, There's 100%. no way around it. We're yes. going to jail 100%. However, we're going to go to jail if we let him, if he, even if we let him go now or if we let him go after game seven. We're still going to jail. Because the cops said let's, kidnapping is kidnapping. Doesn't matter how long it's kidnapping. Let's hold him till after game seven. We'll still go to jail, but we'll go to jail as heroes. We'll be martyrs for the Celts. I don't know if people actually call them the Celts. They were doing that, and I didn't know if that was an actual thing. And Dan Aykroyd agrees. Yeah. They cut to a scene of all three of them watching television. And this is where... This movie was backed blatant advertising. They talked to, and this is where they quote unquote bond. You're just quote unquote bond. I'm like, yeah, there's yeah, there's that in the one more scene where they quote unquote bond, but it's like, right. we just they just go they bond now, and we're going, oh okay, it yeah. Anyway, go on. Bonding. Damon Wayans is is a not only a selfish basketball player. He mm-hmm. he takes all the shots. He's also not liked by his teammates. He's not liked by his coach. He's not liked by his fans. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Stern goes, that's why you make all those commercials. You want you want us to like you. And Damon and David Wayne goes, no, it's not. I don't want to talk about it. He goes, I don't make any more commercials than anybody else. And Daniel Stern goes, you know what? I'll flip through these channels. If we don't come across one of your commercials, I'll let you go. Damon Wayans is like, great. And they start flipping through the commercials, and we get actual commercials. I remember seeing those commercials at the time. Bud Light commercials. Other commercials that were airing at that time or around that time, those were actual commercials. I remember seeing them. They paid to get commercials in a movie. Actual TV commercials are in this movie. Not parody TV commercials, not fake TV commercials, actual TV commercials were in this movie. Is that an instance where, to, the com- where the like the commercial uh, company, like the brand pays the movie or the movie's paying the commercial? I actually don't even know. Because it seems like the commercial would, would pay say, the movie to be in the movie. I would say it's that way. Yeah. I would, because Nike's in this movie. Yeah. Oscar and Oscar Mayer, we get to the commercial where Damon Waynes is playing one-on-one with the Oscar Mayer wiener. Right. I believe all those companies paid to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because the movie would have been, even if we didn't have Nike, even if we didn't have Bud Light, it could have been a commercial with, it could have been Jerry the wiener. You know, <laughs> Jerry's hot talks. Right, right. Now, I will say, having the actual brands... And they had the NBA behind it because they were using actual NBA teams. Right, right. So I think it's like, well, if the NBA's behind it, people who watch the NBA are going to watch this movie. 
NBA fans love to drink Bud Light. Let's get our commercial in this movie. NBA fans love to eat hot dogs. Let's get our hot dogs in this movie. I think, I think that's how it went about. This movie. A lot of deals being made for this shitty movie, <laughs> which they didn't know. Someone knew. Someone knew, and they were they're like, "Oh God, I'm sorry that you don't know what's about to happen." But yeah, let's let's do this. Well, this is right around. Damon Wayans was still hot. Was he coming off and of his big hit, Blank Man? Either that or Major Pain. Oh, God. But this was right around... Daniel Stern still had a name from Home Alone. Mm-hmm. And City Slickers. Uh, and City Slickers. Dan Aykroyd just... Uh, this was right around the time of My Girl and My Girl 2. So mm-hmm. those movies... This before re- Coneheads or after Coneheads? This was after Coneheads. Okay. I mean, so but to be right fair, like, the- Dan Aykroyd's never, like, not... Rel- I don't know if that may be a little too generous, but like he's he's never like people don't forget about Dan Aykroyd. Like he's always someone that you're like, oh, and Dan Aykroyd. Like so, it's not like no. he hadn't faded his, from view. But his career took a dip after Ghostbusters, and it was on its way up with a couple of the, the My Girl movies and stuff like that. So everybody yeah. at that point had name recognition, right? NBA name recognition. We're gonna we're gonna give you permission to use our. We're gonna pay you to use our. Stuff. It seemed like a slam dunk. Oh! Sports reference. All right, the end. Good job. That's right. <laughs> and of course, if they didn't give him permission, they'd have to take him to court. Oh, um, oh, boom. oh, that. Hurts. All right, we're getting up. <laughs> At this point, Daniel Stern's wife and son shows up. Okay, so they show up because she's got the box, and they're like giving him back his trophies like it seemed like they were just giving him like old trophies but they're walking through a street with i swear to god like a thousand pigeons in the background this i did not understand why there were like hundreds of pigeons just flying in the background of them for the scene it was so bewildering to watch did you notice that i did not notice that watch it again it's literally pigeons flying in the background for, like, the entire scene where the mother and son are walking down the street for no reason. Again, so many things happen for no reason. Go on. His wife shows up, hands him his trophies, and at this point, Daniel Stern's like, oh, mm. she's serious. Uh, well, this isn't going to blow over. But also, like, she's serious, and also she's here, and we've kidnapped an NBA star. Like, oh, right. shit. Yeah. So they so Dan Aykroyd takes Damon Wayans into the kitchen, closes the door, the door to the kitchen, which like has a weird like a accordion style like seventies kind yeah. of sliding door to the kitchen. Like I've never seen that set up in a kitchen. Kitchens don't have doors. Yes. So this was also a thing where they're like, we need it. We need them to be out of sight. Throw a door in that kitchen. I get well. Just... Here's the thing. Okay, I agree. They start talking. They hear something in the kitchen. His wife thinks he's got another girl in there. Right. Why not put him in the bedroom? That would have been so. Or the bathroom. There's doors to bedrooms or, or the, the bathroom. bathroom. There's doors right there. I would be more suspicious of having a woman in the bedroom or the bathroom than the kitchen. But when she when she's like, you son of a bitch, you've got a girl. Why doesn't he just go, oh, that's just Jimmy in there. And then Dan Aykroyd goes, oh, hey, Cheryl, or whatever her name is. Like, immediately she's like, oh, it's just Jimmy. Okay, because Jimmy lives there. It's Jimmy's apartment. So, like, of course Jimmy's there. It was just the weirdest, weirdest well, way to set that up. that's what he does. 
He goes, Jimmy, say hello. Hey, Carol. And, but she still opens. Well, what if Jimmy's in there with a the girl? Well, who gives a shit? That right. <laughs> Jimmy lives there. Opens the door. Dan Aykroyd has a gun to Damon Wayne's head and his mouth is taped. Mm-hmm. Daniel Stern's son recognized him. It's like, oh, you're my favorite basketball player. And, <laughs> and Daniel Stern immediately is like, dead to me. He No, he doesn't. He should have. That's what this <laughs> character should have. That would have been a funny moment in that, in at that point where everything's falling apart, but his son's favorite player is somebody from the Jazz. I brought you up better than this. Mm-hmm. And that would have been a nice segue for uh, for a joke but he doesn't do that no he was more upset that his wife didn't know who damon waynes was than the fact that his son did yeah and i guess that's a joke too but was it because then he goes like you don't know who lewis scott is this is what's wrong with our relationship and i just wanted to throw my tv out the window at that point i didn't but i wanted to she storms out She's like, not only are we through, I'm calling the cops. (laughs) Now, you've kidnapped somebody. Your ex is like, I'm calling the cops. What's the first thing you do? You stop your ex from leaving. But also then you've kidnapped now three people. So that's like triple felony charges. No. (laughs) You start playing pool. That's exactly what you do. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. What was I what was I thinking? His wife says, I'm about to call the cops. They leave and he start they start playing bumper pool. It's it's like a little and, tabletop pool. That's what the bumper pool. Yeah, that's bumper pool. Yeah, okay. Then <laughs> Dan Aykroyd, Daniel Stern goes, We should probably leave. <laughs> she was really mad. She might actually call the police. Yes. Of course she's yes! going to. Of That's course. what any normal human would do. So it was It was such a weird... Be- because a, she was there with her son. If yeah. she becomes an accessory, yes! you both go to jail yes! and your son is shit out of luck. The minute she walks so, out of there and doesn't call the police, yes, she's also an accomplice to this. 100%. And, uh, but like, but and I, you I, know so, what? I Does she ever call the what? police? We don't even know. We assume no, because because later shit. But like, it made no sense that the wife and the son came to to witness this whole thing because it it didn't add stakes. They weren't then like battling or like to like get out of there before the police came or like trying to like keep her from calling the police. Like none of that happened. They just came, saw a kidnapping, went uh, and then went home, and that was it. So it added nothing. But then it just added all these other questions. And then later, she uh, yeah, just keep going. Dan Aykroyd's landlord stands uh, stand, uh, shows up right oh my god I'm and he's like I need 300 bucks and I'm like if that apartment in Boston is only 300 bucks for a month holy <laughs> shit that's a good deal yeah I mean to be fair it was like a shoebox but but he doesn't have it he doesn't he have does, 300 dollars no because he spent it all in memorabilia and season tickets now before his landlord shows up Damon Wayne has to pee and they let him go in the bathroom so he's in the bathroom peeing One while the landlord shows up. They argue about the price. Damon Wayne walks out of the bathroom. He's, well, but also, he's, but also Daniel Stern just happened to have $300 on him and pays the landlord. Which that also... Was, those were $1 bills. That was not $300. <laughs> I saw that. 
Was that it twenty wrapped around a bunch bills. of ones? Yeah. <laughs> and David Waynes just runs out. He goes, "Thanks for the thanks for letting me piss," and he throws the tape at him yeah. and runs out. And those two immediately run after him. Right. So now we have this chase scene where they're trying to catch him. And immediately we're like, "Well, this is not going to work because." you know, very athletic NBA player where all they do is fucking run. And then, yeah. oh, can I swear? Just to be clear, at this point, when Emmy asks, is it okay to swear, she has already said a variation of the word fuck 27 times. Uh-huh, and then, yeah, Dan Aykroyd and Dan Stern are like, oh, we're gonna catch you! Nope, nope, definitely not. Um, so then they had their other joke... And they're like, yeah, peak physical form. We're never going to catch him. Well, no fucking shit. Dan Aykroyd continues to follow him on foot. Mm -hmm. Daniel Stern grabs his plumbing van and starts driving around. Damon Wayne sees a cop on safe. He starts running towards the cop. Daniel Stern cuts him off. Dan Aykroyd is behind him with the gun. And he's like, you're not going to shoot me in front of a cop. The cop walks out. It's their friend. This cop looks at him and goes, <laughs> turns around and walks away. I, yeah, I have so many, so many problems with that on so many levels. Like, writing-wise, and then, like, morally, <laughs> like, none of that felt good to watch. But I knew, I go, that's their friend. And well, it was obviously, that was obviously going to happen. Like, the minute that Daniel right. Stern, like, brought it up to him at the earlier scene, and then when we see, like, there's cop uh, lights in the distance and Damian Waynes is running toward of course it's the friend, and of course he's going to, like, be now in on it. Right. He walks around the corner, he remembers their previous conversation, mm-hmm. and he just turns and walks away. Right. And we all go, yeah. gross. <laughs> no, it's the 90s. It was hilarious. All uh, well, the 90s humor is questionable. Wow. You, then don't go back to the 80s. Oh, God. <laughs> they chain him to a toilet in the back of the van. And now they're just driving around. And they're like, right. where are we going to go? It's like, we're not going to go anywhere. Right. We just, we just got to kill time. We just got to kill time. We just got to kill gotta time until... until the game is done. So just like a few more hours, it'll be fine. So this is... This is the second se- uh, uh, ep- uh, yeah, episode. With the- this is the second scene where they quote unquote bond. Right, but I'm trying to get the time frame in. It's like, it's got to be like 4 a.m. Because it's not, it's still dark out, but it's like getting close. Because like, because later when they're playing basketball, like it's sun's breaking. So it's got to be like 4 a.m.-ish. It's late. So they've got to have, they've, so there obviously is a day off between game six and game seven. Right, so the first, so game six was Friday because they said because they were all out drinking all night Friday, and then all the shenanigans in the apartment happens like during the day Saturday. And then at some point they say, we just got to keep them because we're going to get real junk so we can't play on Sunday. So now it's like late, like so, 4 a.m. Saturday into Sunday morning. Which is not how it works. <laughs> That's not – if they were not flying back to Utah right. for game seven, they wouldn't they have two back-to-back games. games at home. Do they even have – because I know in like football when it's like a big championship, like Super Bowl, they play in like a neutral city. Like is that the same for basketball? Do they play – No, no. They play at their home – who, they play seven games between. They would go back and forth. Okay. They're bonding in the truck. I've only been with one woman. I've only been with two women. They're laughing. That's two more than Jimmy. And while this is happening, Damon Wayne finds a lighter 
on the floor, and he surreptitiously picks it up. Right. They stop for gas. Mm-hmm. Daniel Stern goes in to pay. Dan Aykroyd starts pumping gas. Mm-hmm. Damon Wayne sneaks out with holding, the toilet under Holding his arm. the toilet, because they change him to the holding toilet, the but toilet. the toilet's just like, it's just a loose toilet because it's the back of a plumbing truck. Because mm-hmm. Damon Wayne is a very strong athlete. He grabs the gas hose and sprays Daniel Stern down with gas, and he holds the lighter next in to his crotch. crotch. He sprays down his... And he goes, you let me go or I'm lighting him on fire. And Daniel Stern's like, let him go! And Dan Eckert's like, nope. Yeah. I'm doing this for both of us. Now, the lighter doesn't work, and Dan Aykroyd said, I knew the lighter didn't work, that's why I right. didn't balk. They all get back in the van. Daniel Stern pulls out a cigarette. Dan Aykroyd uses the lighter to light it. He goes, oh, shit, I guess it does work. Right. So that was supposed to be a joke. So that entire setup was to that have that one joke of, oh, I guess it does work. Because the entire thing of them going to the gas station getting his crotch full of gasoline, beginning like the lighter. None of that played out later. Again, there was no payoff to like anything. There wasn't a reason why he was gas soaked later that made sense or the lighter didn't like come back later. It just was all to set up for that stupid, stupid Now joke. I cause I thought he pulls out a cigar, I'm like, oh, like <gasps> That's we're what going I thought. to They're gonna blow the truck up. Right. We're gonna see the truck driving and we're gonna see these flames shoot out the ah! yeah. we're gonna and no. Yeah, no, that would have that would have made sense. That would have been yeah. maybe funny. No, that's not what happened. Damon Wayne gets into Daniel Stern's head. Mm-hmm. You're just a failed athlete. You're living your dreams out through me. And one hundred percent, yes, nailed it. It's a hundred hundred percent. Yeah, they both nail each other. <laughs> uh, no, that came out. <laughs> Daniel Stern calls out. Damon Wayne's is correct, and David mm-hmm. Wayne calls out Daniel Stern, and he's correct. They're both but they, correct. But like, but at, but like barely, like at the most superficial surface level, because if they had like dug a little bit deeper into that with each other, that might have actually been interesting and been a character development that would have been somewhat engaging. But they just like stopped it right there, so that's like as far as we go. Daniel Stern challenges Damon Wayne's to a basketball game. They find this playground with a basketball net, and they have. They're not using, like, a traditional basketball. It looks like a WNBA basketball that they're using. And I don't know maybe if that was, if they were promoting the WNBA, but it's not a... They weren't using an official NBA basketball. Daniel Stern, Damon Waynes. Daniel... Daniel, Damon, and Dan. I just realized that. <laughs> Daniel, Damon, and Dan. You know why it was a WNBA basketball? I guarantee you this is why. So, Daniel Stern had the WNBA basketball in the back of the truck because it was a gift for his wife to help them bond over basketball, but it was a lady basketball, and he thought that she would love that. I would say that, but that was actually Dan Aykroyd's truck, not Daniel Stern's. It was a yeah, but they're truck. buddies. He would have, like, tossed it in there. Like, oh, she hated it. Toss. <laughs> Daniel Stern and Damon Wayne start playing basketball while Dan Aykroyd starts announcing it. Da-da-da, you know. And this was where I thought he was going to do his fast talking, like, because he does that in That's, every movie. He, he does that in every movie, and he's excellent at it in every movie. And uh, I know. I he, and this is as close as we get to that. He, he had a few moments in this where, like, he got real close to it, but never quite, like, except, like, like he was, like, pushing the gas, but it never quite, like, got into, what, third gear or whatever the fuck it is. Like, it just, it wasn't quite there. It was almost. It was, like, a tease. that never paid off. So many things this movie didn't pay off. It makes me angry. Okay. Daniel Stern loses what? greatly to Damon Wayne. Shocked. Wins. Shocked I am. 
he plays he plays so hard that he twists his ankle or he hurts his foot or something. He falls on the ground. Dan and that's going to be important later, right? Wrong! 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 And Dan Aykroyd stops paying attention. Damon Wayans throws the ball, hits him in the head, gets the gun, gets the keys. Right. They're like, are you going to report us? And Which, and Damon, the answer should have been yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. But Damon Wayne goes, no. Here's what's going to happen. I was gonna, gonna gonna, I'm going to do the, something worse. I'm going to do something yeah. worse. Yeah. You're going to come to the game tonight. And you're going to root for me. Yeah. You're going to wear a jazz outfit. Uh, wear something uniform, purple. Wear, wear something, something purple. purple. And if I win, I won't report you. Mm-hmm. But if I lose, I will report you. Which now, means yeah. if you want to stay out of jail, you have to root against the Celtics. Now, here's the two the two things. Because I actually thought that was an interesting twist. And for the first time in this entire movie, I was like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Now I'm intrigued. But then also, this is where I thought that if the if uh, Daniel Stern and Dan Aykroyd weren't season ticket holders and had not been to every single game, that would have had more of an impact because it would have been like, but we don't have tickets. I got you like front row tickets because I'm Damon Wayans and I can do that. There you go. Here's your stuff. And then they're walking into the Boston Garden for the first time. Being like, oh, we're finally here, seeing all the things, touching all things, but we're wearing this. Like, that would have had so much more of an impact if it had been, like, their first experience or something like that. So, eh. Now, could I come mm-hmm. up with a counter-argument with that, for that? You may. The counter-argument is they are known as such diehard Celtic fans that when they walk in with purple, they have to deal with everybody around them, which they right. have to do. Right. So I will say that when they, they, because they go in there and they see all their buddies, I will say they could have still had the whole, their diehard fans, if like all their friends are at the bar and watching on TV, hey, that's uh, Jimmy and Mikey, what are they doing? Bah, throw popcorn. Like they could have still had that little bit, or they could have like had a few people at the game, like, oh, you're here, you're so, what are you, like they could have still had that a little bit. But I do think they did a good job as to like how they played off why they're wearing the purple. The root for you, Tuggs, is a nightmare. I think I'm going to throw up. I need a hug with my hot dog today, Susie. Oh! Jimmy, how could you? Baby, please, let me explain. Hey, what's the deal with the jerseys? Isn't it obvious? The Celtics have lost the last two games, right? And who have we been rooting for? The Celtics! Can't you see? No. We are the bad luck guys. It wasn't Chris McCarthy. It was us. So now, when we root for the Jazz, we're going to jinx them. And then the Celtics are going to win. That one out of your butt. No, I didn't want to say anything, but I knew it was you two all along. <laughs> Good idea. Because they had their whole superstition that they did in the first thing with the seat switching and the Buckner guy, baby Gerald Hammond. So they did have a very, like, it was one maybe the, like maybe the most clever thing in the whole movie of, well, when the Celts lost game six, who were we rooting for? 
the Celtics. So now, game seven, we're going to root for the Jazz and we're going to jinx them. So then the Celts will win. Get it? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. So I was like, all right. I wasn't mad about that. So obviously, the wife has not oh, called God. the police. Right. Because we oh. go to the jazz bench and nobody, and, and throughout, we, we forgot to mention this. Yes. Throughout, while Rewind. the kidnapping is happening, we still cut, we cut to the jazz coach just like, where is he? Where is he? Nobody knows where Damon Waynes is. He's such a jerk. We think that he's blowing off practice because he didn't show up to practice on Saturday. Right, so this is something he does regularly because they had made they had mentioned at the very top, the very top of the movie. They said, "Oh, they fined him ten thousand dollars because he missed practice on Wednesday, Thursday, whatever." So we already know he misses practice just because he's a dick. But then we also get to meet Lurch in these in these practices, and he's like, and I had to Google this also. He's an actual basketball player who was he in Space Jam also? He, I think he's like done some acting, quote unquote acting. But Lurch was very like very Eastern European kind of accent and like, oh, I can go in and I can cover for him and I can, I got all, and he's trying to use like all this American slang or something. I got all the hot shit and Chris McDonald's like, nah, sit down, pat, pat, pat. Um, well, no, he doesn't pet. The guy's, they say the guy's seven feet tall. Right. He's not, either he's not seven foot feet tall or Chris McDonald's uh, also Chris very McDonald tall. is yeah. very tough because Chris McDonald was only maybe, it, and I know it would be tough doing a two shot with somebody who's seven feet mm. as to somebody who's like five eleven. Maybe they just put Chris so, McDonald out the boxes. That's what I was gonna say. They either either he's not seven feet or they put Chris McDonald on, on an apple box. However, mm. that makes him look like he's six <laughs> nine. I mean, I guess it's the kind of thing where most people probably aren't going to focus on that too much because, because yeah, if they had Chris McDonald just on the floor where he normally would be, it would be a very weird shot. It'd be like it, there'd be um, it, it would be so much that, empty uh, space between like Chris McDonald's head and then like all torso on Lurch. It, yeah, uh, there. What's that um, Steel? The, the Shaquille O'Neal movie Steel. Shaquille O'Neal. I know who Shaquille O'Neal is. I just don't know in the movie Steel. <laughs> it's a superhero movie. Oh, and okay. It, well, there's just, there's this famous scene where Shaquille O'Neal is in the in the army, I believe. So it's Shaquille O'Neal, who's 7'3", 7'2", 7'3". Jesus Christ, yeah. Standing next to this actor who is 5'10", and they're walking. And it's just hilarious. <laughs> It's just hilarious to look to, at. They're going to have to pull some like Lord of the Rings force perspective nonsense right. to make that shot look like two people. Right. So that's why I think even if the guy was seven feet, I think that's why I think Chris McDonald was standing on an on Apple box. box. There's no there's no way he wasn't. Yeah. Because I'm six four myself and that's quite I tall. have. Yes. But I have been in a room with a couple of Houston Rockets who have been six eleven, and they, they tower over me. And I don't think Chris McDonald, because Daniel Stern is 6'4", but I don't think Chris McDonald is 6'4". Even Um, if he is 6'4", and Lurch is 7 foot, that's still quite a difference. That's still like 7, 8 inches of a difference. That's that's 8 inches. That's still a noticeable difference. Insert penis joke here. Yes. But, okay, so to back up again before we get to the the big game, because we missed the other part where... um, they play basketball. Daniel Stern sprains his ankle badly. And then uh, Damon Waynes runs off to go do something. We don't know. But then Daniel Stern limps home, limps home, limps in the door. And then there's like a one random awkward scene where he's having dinner with his wife and son. 
and like has a single attempt to like connect with his wife outside of basketball and it's like oh how's your friend and they like look at the sun the sun's going like diane it's diane it's like diane how is diane and then suddenly the wife's like you listen to what I said. And like, and in that like one conversation, she's suddenly like divorce papers. Rip! And like, she's on board now. Yes. Basketball. I love basketball. No one puts my man in jail. Like that one scene fixed their marriage, which I had a huge issue with. But he does tell her what he's, well, she knows what he's done. He's like, I'm right. going to jail. He, he right. tells her what happens. If they win, he goes. If they lose, he doesn't. Right, um, right. Because she's like, oh, do you want to go to, like, so-and-so's baby's uh, first birthday party? He's like, oh, I would, there is nothing more I would like more than to do that, but I'll be in jail. So, yeah, everyone knows what the stakes are for this game, which is, I don't even know. Like, there's not, it's still not necessary. Like, having the wife and, and son be in on it adds nothing. But now we're caught up. So, back to the game. The game starts. Yeah. And Damon Waynes is still not there. Right. Which worries Dan Aykroyd. It's like, oh man, he's not here. If they lose, we go to jail. And, yeah. And Damon Wayne shows up, and the team is pissed at him, and the coach is pissed at him. And right. this, I thought this was kind of fun. I act, I, I kind of saw it coming, but I also thought it was kind of funny. The Chris McDonald's was like, you know what? You're a hot shot. You sit on the bench. I'm not going to start you. And 20 seconds later, he's like, okay, you suffered enough. You get in that game. Yeah. And that, to me, is like a microcosm of the NBA, <laughs> where the stars call the shots. Yeah. It's not the coaches, it's the stars. <laughs> shots. Shots. The, yeah. Shots. There's a, there's a few, but, but there was no way this coach, and it's just the hypocrisy of sports. It's like yeah. if this was a, you know, a second string guard, he would, have, he would have not played this game. But since it's the main player... He's going to, yeah, he's going to sit out. Uh, he, he's not going to sit out. I this felt so bad for Lurch because Lurch went in there. They put Lurch in there because Damon Wayne's wasn't there. Damon Wayne comes back and they're like, oh, sorry, Lurch, come on out. And Lurch is like, okay, just happy I got some stage time. And like, I felt so bad for poor Lurch. I know I said stage time. I know what I did. They start playing. And once again, the first half, the, ja uh, the Celtics jump out to a huge lead. And then the second half starts. At, well, while at, at halftime, Oh, they're God. they're in the bathroom, and Dan Aykroyd says, "You know what? I'm going to take the blame for it. You have a wife, you have a kid. I'm going to say I kidnapped it, which would not work because no, 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 they wouldn't. Dan, they wouldn't be like, all right, we'll just let that go. Well, because David Wayne was there, and right. he's like, that guy kidnapped me too. Now, something was, else we forgot. We uh -huh. have to go back again. Is <laughs> Now the cop thinks that Damon Waynes is not playing. Right, and, right, 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 right. And the cop is like, we hear him on the phone making a deal, and you think, oh, he's making a huge bet on right. the Celtics. which one would assume because that seems like a huge insider tip. And I think he even says, yeah, this is like insider information. So we're like, oh, sports betting. Okay, got it. We find out that he had 10,000 shirts printed up. The Celtics win. Celtics win the pennant. The pennant. That's not. The that's <laughs> and that's you baseball. get down on me for not knowing sports. Yeah. But, so, but to to get ten thousand t-shirts printed in a day, a what distribution company can crank out that many shirts in a day? But also, that's not cheap. Like, did you just like put a second work engine in your house to get that done? Like, 
The logistics of that, wildly inaccurate. But anyway. The cop goes, well, you better pray the Celtics win or else I'm coming after you. So now right. there's the pickle. If the Celtics win, they go to jail. If the Jazz wins, this cop, their, their cop friend is out to get them. Mm-hmm. They don't know, which is kind of an interesting point. It's like, I, I've got nowhere to go. Right. I absolutely have nowhere to go. I'm screwed either way. Or you you would think. One would think. One would think. But we go to the bathroom. Dan Ackert's like, I'll take the blame. Daniel Stern's like, no, we're going to go down together. Again, I think the only reason that that scene happened in the bathroom was so that they could have the next quote-unquote joke of where Daniel Stern yells like, we're going to jail! And then like everyone in there, it's like record scratch. And then everyone just turns to look at them. And I'm like... They're in Boston. Like, I feel like that's not going to phase people. Someone just yells out real loud, we're going to jail. Like, I don't think that's going to cause a stir. But also, I don't know how men's rooms work, but there was, like, no organization to that urinal line. It was just, like, a big old mess. Is that how things actually are? It's a trough, mainly. It's a what? It's a trough. You did say trough. Like, okay. Trough. Like, yeah, it's a trough where men just step up and pee in the trough. I genuinely don't know if you're joking or if that's sincere for like a that stadium. Is, that is that is 100% true. That's <laughs> Okay. Yeah. That, that's oh, why there no. was no line. It was, it's just. You just pee you where you can. You up, you just pee in the trough. Okay, you know Ghostbusters 2 with the river of slime? Now I'm just thinking like the river of pee. Just like go and yes. just, that's. It oh, goes, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm upset that I started this. Let's edit yeah. this out. <laughs> They go back to the seats. They start playing the second half, and then and Daniel we get my Stern- favorite character, my favorite character that is so important and crucial to this movie, clown is- guy with a Bible verse on a cardboard sign. John three sixteen. Yeah, rainbow. It's not a clown. Bo- it's rainbow head. Oh, is this the thing that I don't know again because of basketball? This is a thing you don't know about. There's <sighs> at, okay. at sporting events, a guy will put on a rainbow wig and hold up John three sixteen. That's and just a thing that happens. Why? I it's there's a reason behind it which I'm not really clear on, but it just that's what happens at sporting events. Oh my god! Okay, so that okay. That I don't know if thing. I'm more upset or less upset now. <laughs> this is number three. Whoosh over the head. The the John three sixteen has something to do with something that connected the sport that they can connect the sports. All I'm right. not sure what it is, but All it is right. it is definitely it, a thing. Okay, so it's another like wink to sports people. But it's he says another something. Wink to sports people. They the rainbow guy says something and it pisses him off. They like punch him or something something. Um, but then I think this takes us up to halftime, where the no, other, this is after halftime. This is when they the, come the, a, the second. This is but, when the uh, second half starts. Uh, okay. Because cause the, the, then another, like, important big thing happens, I think, before the next... Maybe I'm getting... Maybe this is later. I'm miming right now because I don't want to ruin Oh, it. yeah. <laughs> yes, no, you're right. It's like that now happens, That, it's that happens before around. Clown Guy. And that's yes, before during halftime. Okay. They, pee, they go pee at halftime. Yeah. They come back to their seats. They have yes. an announcement. Right. If you're sitting in this seat, you can win $100,000 to make a half-court shot. I have And thoughts. it's Dan Aykroyd's seats. I have so many thoughts about this. 
You would think it was Daniel Stern's. You would think it would be Daniel Stern's seat. Yes, you do. Because he was the high school basketball player. He was doing three-pointers at the beginning of the movie. He was the one that it was established, never got his chance to play, never had a shining moment. Why wasn't it Daniel Stern doing this shot? Or they do, you know how they do the seat change. Maybe they change sheets. Yes! And, oh no, Dan Aykroyd, it's like, you've got to take the shot anyway. Right. But it's just Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd takes the For shot. For no reason. For absolutely no reason. It was Dan Aykroyd. I can't do it. You can do it. Like you said, he makes he makes a half court shot, wins a hundred thousand dollars. Who oh, gives but, a shit? But he like, but he sh- took the shot like a normal person would with basketball, right? He like dribbled and then shot it like a basketball player, right, Scott? Wrong, wrong, wrong. No. Uh-huh. However, uh huh. What did he do? Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't like. He does a bowling move. He sure does. Is that a thing people now, do? Yes. What? Because. Well, no, that's not how professionals shoot. No, However, I know that. This was from half court. Right. And it's been proven statistically that you have a better shot of doing the grandma right. at doing the two-handed under than doing it like a professional. Sure, which I'm is gonna, also I'm why gonna, it should have been Daniel Stern, because then he could have made that I'm going to cut the movie. I'm going to cut the movie slack on that, because I think that's mm. how a non-basketball player would have shot the ball. Mm. I still want it to have been Daniel Stern. It would have made so much more sense. It would have been so much more satisfying. Uh, The second half starts, and Daniel Stern starts yelling at Damon Waynes. Stop being a ball hog. Stop. Start passing the ball. And that's what he does. That I thought, again, would pay off at like the epilogue of the movie because when Dan Aykroyd, it's he's got to take the shot, and he's like freaking out. Um, Daniel Stern's like, no, you got it. You can do this video. Da, da. And then Damon Waynes, who's like not playing his greatest, Daniel Stern starts yelling at him. You could do it. Don't be about like share the, share the ball, pass your teams. He starts like coaching and he's like kind of being effective at coaching. He's actually getting through to Dan Aykroyd and getting through to Damon Waynes because then Damon Waynes does start passing the ball. So I thought they were going to have this little turn where Daniel Stern's like, oh, maybe I'm like actually a good coach and I could like turn this into something. Wrong! 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 Nope. That also goes nowhere. Uh, truth be told, there's only like five minutes left in the movie. <laughs> at this point, so there's God. So, Damon Wayne starts passing the ball. The Jazz start taking, you know, they start gaining again on the on the Celtics. But what happens the first time he passes the ball? It hits a guy in the face. Because he was so and- unexpected to pass the ball that it literally just like clocks the guy. Okay, so here's something I'm going. You're you're probably not going to get. Oh boy. The Celtics and the Detroit Pistons had a huge rivalry. Uh-huh. Uh And there was a player on the Pistons called Bill Lambeer, and he wore one of those. This guy was wearing one of those plastic face like a face, sh- like a face shield kind it's of. It's a it's a face shield. People usually wear it after they break their nose in basketball. Right. And that's what uh, Bill Ambeer wore. And the Celtics, especially Larry Bird, hated Bill Ambeer. Ah. Oh. And I can't help think that this is a shot at Bill Ambeer because they throw the ball and this guy gets clocked in the head and he's wearing the exact same mask that Lambeer wore. 
to me, I'm thinking that's an inside Celtic joke about getting back at Bill Lambert. Like a deep, deep cut. That's a deep, deep cut, in my opinion. Okay. I mean, it's plausible. Checks out. I can't verify, but I'm like, sure, I'll buy that. (laughs) But because he clocks that guy in the head, the guy's like now kind of dazed and confused. And then I think they pull him in. So Lurch does get a little bit of playtime, which I was like, yay, Lurch, good for you. I love There we go. That's the one likable character. I liked Lurch. Lurch, There he is. Lurch is the one likable character. Yes. I got way too excited about that. (laughs) Well, this is where, and we talk about Dan Aykroyd going crazy. He starts going crazy at the, I can't go to jail. I can't can't be somebody's boyfriend in jail. I can't be somebody's bitch in jail. I'll hang myself with a shoestring. Oh, yeah. That that was like wildly uncomfortable. Like he went so dark so fast. I, I can't. I can't take it anymore. I, I'm totally, I'm, I'm totally losing my shit, man. No, no, I'll never make it in jail. I'm the kind of guy who'll hang himself with his shoelaces on the first night. I am totally that guy. Don't do it. Don't do it. Jimmy. Jimmy. Play that funky music Jimmy. Play that funky music now. The eyes so are goes, wide. The sweat is like the pouring. Eyes are wide. It was weird. Like it went, it went very weird, very quickly. And you know, and Dan Aykroyd is not as puffy at this point. So his face, he, <laughs> he doesn't look well. He's got this puffy face that is just drenched in sweat. Yup. And his crazy eyes. There were so many sweaty people. Like, and granted, like it's basketball, people sweat, but it was just like dripping off of faces in so many shots. When I'm like, I get it. Well, that, but like that's actually realistic. If you ever watch an no, NBA I, game, that's exactly I, how they sweat. Yeah. I I completely don't. I don't disagree with that. But this is a movie. Could you could do a couple dabs here and there? Like split <laughs> split the difference. But anyway, <laughs> Dan Aykroyd's uh, going well, batshit nuts. Batshit crazy. Long yeah. story short, the the Jazz win. Right. With seven seconds left, they do With something. Seven seconds left, they do Oh, a, they do the Chris Patel's like seven and a half seconds left, plenty of time. And I had questions about if that was accurate. I don't know basketball time. Seven and a half seconds is actually a lot of time. Is it? Okay, okay. It is a lot of time to get a single shot off. Okay. Because I was thinking, I was thinking football time, and like in football time, that's not a, that's not a ton of time. You called a timeout where you can take the ball out at half court. Yeah. Seven seconds, second and seven and a half seconds is quite a okay. bit of time. Okay. That was one where I was shot. like, that sounds like that's not true, but I also don't know enough about basketball to like verify that, so I will concede that point. They win the game, and Dan Aykroyd and Daniel Stern are able to get right. out of their seats right. onto the court Correct. right next to Damon Waynes. Okay. Again, somehow this is allowed. Not not so much allowed. I don't think they can stop it. But just the fact that they were able to get to him. It's like right. logistically impossible. Right. Uh, well, it would have been uh, not impossible, but very, very hard. But they have no problem getting to Damon Waynes. Yeah. Security had no no problems with this. No. They're like, hey, buddy. And Damon Wayne gives him this stern look. And you're guy. thinking, oh, shit. He's still going to report him. Right. Which is fair. One would be Which like, is- you know what? That's all right. We you you did get kidnapped, so I think you're within Which your right totally to. Which is totally fair. Yeah. He had uh, he had no reason to keep his word. No. He had no reason because so, he could. I wanted to humiliate you and then send you to jail. He, right. Because <laughs> he's a dick, so we he, that would be within his uh, character to do that. This is the only thing, and I don't know anything about law. Is so Damon Wayne is going to claim claim that these guys kidnapped him. Right. But he doesn't report them. And he plays the game. Right. Would that hurt his kidnapping case? Such as, I didn't feel, you obviously didn't feel that you were in danger. 
because you didn't report them, you played the game first, and you you did have plenty of time to report him because the game wasn't now. I feel like it would have hurt the case, but I bet he could have gotten a lawyer who could have argued it that like to report it at that time would have then delayed the whole series of the game and it was a big deal and so yada yada. Like, I you're not wrong, but I feel like with the amount of money that he undoubtedly has, he could find a lawyer that would like skew it and it would still work out in his favor. Um, but also it's a movie. They had to like just keep going with everything. As they keep going, the yep. cop friend shows up right, and is like, right on cue, <laughs> I hear these two tried to kidnap you and Damon Wayne's like, nope, they're my friends. Yeah, because they bonded, quote-unquote, bonded in two scenes, sort of. So now they're all, like, buddy-buddy. Well, they bonded in two scenes, and Daniel Stern taught him how to share. (laughs) And sharing was the way to winning. I mean, he's not wrong, but also... But then, so we're like, oh, okay, so he's not going to send him to jail, so then the cop's going to call in the t-shirt... Uh, money that they owe him. But it's a good thing they won that $100,000 the foul shot so they can just go, here's your check. That's what happened, right? They called in that plot point, right? Wrong! 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 No, no. Oh, oh, okay. They didn't. Okay, yeah. That would would have made sense. Then we cut to seven months later. Wait, wait, wait! Oh, no, 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 no! Oh, there was one thing! Okay, before we cut to seven months later, um, something... Something Damon Wayne says about, like, to Dan Aykroyd, like, you knew you would never, uh, you would never abduct a man. Oh, no, no, I know what Dan Aykroyd says, like, I'm so sorry, like, you gotta forgive us, like, I've never done this, I've never abducted a man before. And the way he says that, it was like, it's like he's abducted, he's abducted, were you abducting before. women or children before? Women. Like, what, <laughs> like, the or way, animals, yeah. <laughs> it was just like the weirdest, like, what? Like, it, oh my god, but thankfully the movie's over in like two minutes, so I, like, just keep going. <laughs> it's seven months later we see Dan Aykroyd and Daniel Stern they're walking down this dark hallway and we get the we sh- should we really be doing this you know me and my wife have been getting along so much better now and because it's seven months later and because he says that about his wife I'm like oh she's pregnant they're about to do something because she's pregnant and like they're about to have a baby and something something it's going to be all happy now wrong 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 no <laughs> and Tan Aykroyd's like that was about basketball this is about football and they get into once again there's no security they none, get into none so they walk into the hotel room of Deion Sanders right. professional football player right who's obviously playing New England right clearly Deion Sanders like, what are you guys doing here? And they're like... Crazy fans. I told security to keep you guys out. And they're like, oh, we're not fans. We're not fans. And we hear them, and they pull out out some (laughs) duct tape, cut to credits, movie over. To which I immediately went, what? (laughs) Like, why would they kidnap again? Like, just... The TV that I threw out the window earlier, I went outside, got the TV, brought it back inside, threw it out again because that made absolutely zero sense why they would end on that note. Because then it was like, oh, they're setting up for a sequel? But first of all, no one asked for a sequel. This never, never make a sequel. 
But then also yeah. they didn't make a sequel, so like it wasn't it had. Uh. I don't think it was set up for a sequel. I think it was just the end joke. Like it's just a joke. Fans are gonna it wasn't a fans joke. are gonna be fans, and all that goodwill he built up with his wife over the seven months, it's all gone. Gone. Now. Yeah. Gone. We've established that Daniel Stern is sort of the alpha male out of him, yes. and, him and Dan Aykroyd. Yes. However, uh, Dan Aykroyd is a single man in this movie, so he he doesn't have as much to lose as mm-hmm. Daniel Stern. Right. They shouldn't both be thinking the same way. They, they shouldn't be kidnapping in the first place. No. But Daniel Stern needs to be thinking, it's like, I got away with this one time. I have a wife. I have a child. Dan Aykroyd just, he has his grandmother. He's got nobody. It's, the grandmother you know, who had nothing to do with anything. She had like three lines in the entire movie. Grandma, put the phone next to the TV. Okay, dear. Grandma, what's wrong? Oh, the shelf's lost again. Grandma, I'm going to jail. That's nice, Peanut. Like, literally, I think the grandma was in those two scenes to set up the joke joke in that last scene that had nothing to do with anything except be in the trailer and maybe be, make us think the movie was going to be funny. Wrong! 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 And that's it. That's Celtic Pride. <laughs> I, why did you... Why did you recommend this movie? Why did you want to watch this? I did it! <laughs> you told me that this is something that you wanted to cover. I said no such thing. I said, I believe my words were, what movie are we going to watch? Are we going to watch Celtic Pride because I live in Boston? And you went, yup! <laughs> I was actually very disappointed at the lack of Boston landmarks. Like, other than Doyle's, and the, and you wouldn't even know that it was Doyle's if you didn't live here because it's not like it's not like a big recognizable it's not like Fenway it's not like Fenway Park where you're like that's clearly Fenway and the Green Monster it's not like Madison Square Garden it's just it's a bar so there's that then there was they're at Roxy's okay cool the one the one thing that I saw that I was like oh that is in Boston there was like one random driving shot and I saw the Schweppes building so they're like clearly around Somerville which is near where I live because that's where that Schweppes building is but that's like the only Boston landmark that I saw they even have the Sitco side like that's like the most Boston landmark there's none of that so I was wildly disappointed at the last of lock wildly disappointed at the lack of Boston landmarks and the lack of Boston accents like granted Daniel Stern and, and Dan Aykroyd weren't doing it shouldn't do it they can't do it but like there's Plenty of people that live in Boston that could have been an extra that just you know walked to the background going like, "Hey, where'd you pack the cat?" Like you could have had so many people just randomly throwing Boston shit around. Oh, you kidnap him. That was wicked smart. <laughs> yeah, where'd you go? I have a yacht. <laughs> Boston chowder. The only know. thing you're right. The only thing Boston about this movie is that it centers around the Celtics. That's it. Other than that, but, like you wouldn't. But there's no there's no Boston flavor in this movie. No, none. I kept waiting to be like, oh, I know that, or oh, I've been there, oh, there's the there's the Sitco sign, or like, ah, ha, ha, I hear that accent, oh, they're drinking dunks again. Like, there was no Boston pieces of it that I was like, not nostalgic, because I live for it, but like, it was just no connection. Like, other than the fact is that it was Judd, Celtics rammed down our throat, it could have been any team anywhere. Is Judd Apatow, I know Colin Quinn is Colin, from New York. Is he? I thought Colin Quinn was Boston, because that no, would have made sense. you're right. Colin, yeah. I think Judd Apatow, you're right, Colin Quinn. Judd Apatow is New York because uh, I grew up on Long Island and that's where uh, my family friend, his teacher, is from. So 
So, but I think Colin Quinn is Boston, and that's why the Boston connection. But again, there was like barely any Boston in the movie. Like Boston, one of the only teams to agree to this? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. If they got the NBA's permission, would they need to get Boston's permission? Um, I would assume they needed some sort of permission because they kept referring to the fact that they're tearing down the Boston Garden and that was like a whole to do, which, but I think I looked it up because again, I wasn't sure if that was an actual thing and they did tear down the garden, but I think it was later. So I I think it was still standing when this movie came out or was made because now it's the TD Garden. Um, so I don't know if the Boston Garden was where the TD Garden is or if it was somewhere else. Again, I'm not from here, so I don't have this backstory. Um, but I would assume they would have needed permission from someone from something. So overall thoughts? Oh, it's a garbage fire. Do do not watch this movie. There's no reason to watch this movie. Like, the, so much doesn't happen. Like, I feel like this movie could have been like a 20-minute student film and it would have been like action-packed and it would have been done. Like, there was... It was like an idea for a sketch that they made into a movie. Like, it was just it was just so unnecessary in so many levels. This movie is a series of dead ends. This yes. doesn't go anywhere. This doesn't go anywhere. This Correct. doesn't go anywhere. They, there could have been a lot of interesting things to do with this movie, but it's just basically your generic buddy comedy with a kidnapping twist. And... <laughs> And to me, it's like whenever you see a kidnapping movie that's a comedy, it's just like... Yeah, it's like, how are you going to go about this? Nobody is, nobody is ever scared when they're kidnapped in a comedy. You know right. what I'm saying? They're always the kidna- annoyed. The kidnappy is always annoyed. They're never really scared that these people could do actual harm to them. Right. I'm thinking of they the never really with Dennis Leary. Yeah. I know no, there's I... an Adam Sandler one where they kidnap him or something, something like that. Something. I want to say but they always, I don't know if that's right. Uh, but that's another Damon Wayne's movie. Oh, um, yeah. He just likes kidnapping movies. You never really felt that Damon Wayne was in danger? No, not, not at all. Not that you should. And Yes, but I'll have to agree. Uh, a hard pass on this one. Oh, for absolutely. There's so many better... Better... <laughs> setting a bet there's better kidnapping movies sounds weird but i'll say there's better buddy uh buddy cop buddy you know cop buddy comedy movies better sports movies like there's so many well better versions of any pick anything out of this movie there's a better thing you could watch with it right so this is the point of the podcast what do you want to promote where can people find you what are you up to anything um, you want to promote I'm well. I'm in Boston. Granted, um, we're still kind of crawling out of the COVID days, so theater is uh, slowly coming back. But I perform with Comedy Sports Boston here. We should hopefully um, start having live shows again in 2022, uh, which I guess by the time this comes out, it will be 2022. So hopefully soon. Yes. Uh, so check out uh, CSEBoston.com. And then I uh, am in a sketch group here in Boston uh, called Suzzy, S-U-Z-Z-Y. It's not Suzy, it's Suzzy. Um, and we do sketch comedy around Boston when we can. Um, our website is suzzyboston.com. Uh, we've, we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. I think we might have an OnlyFans, I'm not sure yet. Um, those are my two big things. All right, I will, also, I will put those links in the description of this podcast. Cool, thank you. All right. Well, this has been uh, another episode of the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening. Emmy, thank you for doing this with me. And we'll see everybody here next time. And you can stop recording. Okay. To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash Scott White and give what you're able. If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. That should help people find this podcast. 
And no matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. I don't know about this, Jimmy. What? I mean, Carol and I have really been getting along lately. She even went to a hockey game with me last week. I mean, if she even thinks that I didn't learn my lesson. But you did. You did learn your lesson, Mikey. I mean, all right, all right, all right. Shh, 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 shh. you did learn your lesson because you will never interfere with an NBA championship game again. Never. This is different. You're right. This is different. Football season. Yeah. Ah, what's going on? Well, hello there, Mr. Dion Sanders. It's your 3 a.m. wake-up call. I'm calling security. Your autograph house is completely out of control. Oh, we don't want your autograph. No. What do you want? in a Cross the Streams media podcast.